I'm Marco Werman, and this is a special edition of The World. Today we're hearing from war veterans, people like Major Todd Polk, who did two tours in Afghanistan. He told us his job would have been impossible without interpreters on the ground. They were my, not, not only my mouthpiece, but just my window into the culture, into the world of our Afghan counterparts and civilian populace. Without them, I was pretty much useless. Being an interpreter for the U.S. military often comes with a deadly price tag. To protect themselves and their families, many Afghan and Iraqi translators have fled their homes. Some follow the returning U.S. veterans to the United States. That's how a number of Iraqi families ended up settling not far from our Boston studios. This is Lowell, about 45 minutes north of Boston. It's a small former mill town, and with the snow and ice that covered the streets recently, well, it just doesn't seem a likely destination for Iraqis. But there are two Iraqi restaurants now in Lowell. One of them, Babylon, is here on the main drag. It helps to ease the homesickness for the 50 Iraqi families who live in Lowell. We'll get back to Babylon in a moment for lunch. First, though, meet a man who is an Iraqi refugee, but in a way, he's also a returned veteran. Hi. Hey, guys. How are Ahmad, you? Nice to meet you. Nice I'm Marco. You. Nice to meet you, brother. Ahmad al-Nislamawi arrived in Lowell about four months ago. He lives with his wife and daughter on the second floor of a row house where cold drafts bleed into the hallways. Ahmad's apartment is warmer, and when I go in, his daughter smiles shyly at me, then returns to watching cartoons. Ahmad offers me tea, coffee, and water. To look at him, it seems Ahmad's time working for the American troops in Baghdad has influenced his style. He's clean-cut, his beard is precise, and his body is in top physical shape. He looks like a U.S. soldier on leave. Ahmad was 16 when the U.S. invaded Iraq and toppled the government of Saddam Hussein. I'm not a big fan of Saddam. Like you see a lot of Iraqis, oh, we love Saddam, whatever, you know, but I'm not a big fan of him because he already executed two of my uncles and two of my aunts. So I was really happy when the U.S. troops came into Iraq, invaded Iraq. After high school, Ahmad al-Nislamawi got a job with the U.S. Army as a translator. Almost every day for five years, he went everywhere his American company of soldiers went, patrol after patrol. He wore the same uniform as the U.S. soldiers and faced the same risks of being attacked, of being blown up. But there were other risks as well, which his American Army colleagues did not face. When I go out and translate for the U.S. Army, people looking at me like, you're not a good guy. You're, you're, you're not a good guy. And some of them say to me face to face that, you're going to get killed one day. Some of my Iraqi police I used to train with the U.S. troops, uh, they were from my neighborhood. They went to high school with me. So they knew who I am. They knew where I live. They knew where my parents live. They knew where my daughter and wife live. So once these people tell other people, I'll be done. Still, Ahmad was earning a living, and at least he was working with people who had become his friends. But in 2010, things started to change. The U.S. began its pullout from Iraq. I was enjoying it, working for U.S. Army. But when these people started pulling over out of Iraq, I was like, it's time to leave Iraq. Because once these guys leave, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get killed or whatever else going to happen to me. 
Did you express those concerns to the Americans? Uh, yes. Uh, actually, the military helped me a lot with the immigration. They signed all my papers. They helped me out a lot. Ahmad resettled here in Lowell with his wife and daughter. He got help from the State Department and the International Institute of New England. They've provided this apartment and a small income while he looks for work. Today, though, Ahmad is meeting some new Iraqi friends who also live in Lowell for lunch. As we park, Ahmad jumps out of the car to greet a diminutive older man. They pat each other on the back and chat in Arabic. This man is also named Ahmad. He's the manager of the Iraqi restaurant where we're going to eat. We walk past a few vacant storefronts and arrive at the bright blue facade of Babylon. You're welcome. It's owned by Ahmad's 25-year-old daughter, Leila al-Zubaydi. The Zubaydi family got to Lowell a little over a year ago. Should we get just the Babylon chicken? It looks like the house special. We'll just share that. The, this is I, a great idea for the group of people yeah. because, like, uh, the four, from four to six people... Leila al-Zubaydi tells me her family didn't know what to expect when they arrived here. It's like starting up the life from the zero. You know, you don't have friends, you don't have family, you don't have apartments, you don't have anything, anything, you know. Their resettlement agency helped the Zubaydis with the paperwork to secure loans and grants to open Babylon. States are giving a lot, a lot of opportunities, and you just pick it, you know. You can get the financial aid, you can get the sponsorship, you can get the job, you can, you can get a lot of things, you know, just to start to build, you know. So it's kind of like big adventure, so we are trying to get our chances. But the adventure has had its ups and downs. Earlier this year, a man threw a brick through the front window of Babylon. It prompted a strong reaction within the Lowell community. A large group of local vets organized an eat-in at Babylon, filling the 50-seat restaurant. Ahmad al-Zubaydi doesn't know why his window was smashed, but he sees only the upside. This incident gave me more friends. A lot of people come here, support with us. I cry, and my life because we saw this, it is very, very uh, I happy because I have now more, a lot friends. And not just new American friends like the vets and companions they brought to Babylon, but Iraqi friends too. Layla translates for her father about something he didn't expect the broken window would lead to. What he's saying, he's saying that the Iraqi community here uh, after that incident that we had, accident, so uh, they made the Iraqi people together. It doesn't matter. They are Sunni, they are Shi, they are Christian, they are whatever, you know. They ma- they became closer to each other. They became more supporting to each other. And uh, what he's saying, like, we were the, that seed which made the flower grow. That flower is blooming at Babylon. For Layla and her family, the restaurant has brought them friends, community, and a livelihood. For new arrival, Ahmad al-Nislamawi, though, resettling as a refugee in Lowell has been a mixed blessing. My mom used to make a lot of that chicken. It reminds me of Iraq, especially the onions on site. He's made new friends and has found a community, but he needs a job. He wants to continue working as a translator, even if that means going back to Baghdad for a stint inside the green zone. I've been trying to get a job in a U.S. embassy in Baghdad so I can work, this, I can do the same job I used to do but civilian side, not, not military side. To live in a same place, which is the U.S. embassy compound, but, but working for them as a translator. 
but they still don't have jobs yet. In that respect, Ahmad al-Nislamawi is very much like many American vets. His biggest battle now is to find work. But unlike those vets, coming back to a place called home is something that Ahmad does not have. You can see photos of my visit to Babylon in Lowell, Massachusetts. They're at theworld.org. This is PRI, Public Radio International.